right, everybody. Welcome back to yet another installment of Ask PJ Braun here at Blackstone. Your Lakes. radio voice is getting so good. <laughs> you know what you sound like uh, in, in the Limbiscuit song when he's like, all right, partner. <laughs> Keep on rolling, album. baby. <laughs> we yeah. should play that in the beginning of this. We should edit that in. What is it? The, uh, the cho- chocolate flavored Keep on rolling, rolling, rolling. Is that the album? That's the first is that one. that it? I don't know. I don't know if that's their second album or not. I grew up on that shit though. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good shit. That was like when I when I like first started like smoking weed. That's that album came out, and I remember it was like it was different because it was like rap rock, you know. A motherfucking chainsaw. <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck do you think Fred Durst is doing now? Oh, probably like. A lo- I was gonna say blowing a lot of hookers, probably. Like uh, if I had to guess. <laughs> All right, so first question is uh, actually pertaining to something that's happening this weekend. Mm-hmm. It says, this is the Super Bowl weekend of the UFC. What are your predictions on these fights? Uriah Hall versus Paulo Costa. Mm-hmm. Michael Chavisa versus Anthony Pettis. Paul Felder versus Mike Perry. Francis Nagano versus Derek Lewis. Stipe Myotic versus DC. Also, right. what do you think of Max Holloway being pulled from his second fight in a row? I'll All just right. hand you the list. So you don't yeah, have to so remember. I'm going to go through each one, one by one. I should let everybody know that I'll be watching this fight at the Fit Barber's house. Pretty the excited Barber about it. In all the land. There's going to be some other funny shit that goes down there that I'm not going to talk about on the radio. Um, we're going to be throwing hundreds. Throwing hundreds. Big Dick, Big Dick Steve is going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are you going? Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. I'm glad you're going because I, I, I was like, I told the person who we won't speak of right now. I was like, <laughs> that person was like, I'm really excited about the part party. I'm this me saying this is gonna fucking wind up coming back to me, but whatever. Uh huh. For sure. Maybe we should skip that part. Well, Anyways. I was like straight up like, I go, I go, <laughs> I go. I don't know how far, fun the party is gonna be. Yeah. And she was like, why? I was like, because I don't know if we're gonna know anyone that's gonna be there, and I have a feeling they're not as cool as I am. No. And she was like, Josh is going, and I was like, thank fucking god, that yeah. changed everything for me. As long as we're going, we just we're the coolest. Cats no, in the she was. This is how my my. This is how douchey I was being. So she was like, Ryan was worried that he's not gonna have enough chairs for everybody to sit in, and I was like, honestly, I'm probably not gonna sit down anyway because I'm just gonna walk around not wanting to talk to most of the people that are there. Yeah. And when I found out that you were there, I was like, oh, we gotta get we gotta get seats. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, like <laughs> we really don't need that many seats because my girl can just sit on my face. So <laughs> she's always got a seat. There we go. Um. All right. So to break down the. Fights. I am gonna go with Uriah Hall. Um, I think Anthony Pettis is gonna win his fight. I think that Paul Felder is gonna win his fight. I cannot go against Nganu. He's just an absolute beast. He has the hardest punch in the UFC, and I just I feel like if you get hit with that thing, you're going down. So I'm I'm taking him <laughs> over or over Derek Lewis. Like they registered his 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 punch on this machine. It was like in Drago and, and Rocky when Drago punches the machine and it like explodes. Yeah, and it like measures like the pounds per square inch. Like they did that with Ngannou, and no one's ever hit it as hard as him. And and like I forget who he fought, who he just crumbled them with one shot. Like he was like a, an uppercut that caught, and the guy like was just dead immediately. Um, he actually lost his last fight, but he lost because he got submitted and he couldn't land a shot. I do think that he's going to wind up annihilating Derek Lewis. Uh, Stipe uh, Miocic versus Daniel Cormier is going to be such a fucking good fight. I'm so excited about it. I can't go against DC. I'm going to go with DC. And what do I think about Max Holloway being pulled from his second fight in a row? Um, well, I think there's some stuff going on, of course, that I think uh, we don't know about. UFC is really good about keeping their their dirty secrets hidden. Like, all these guys wind up getting popped for juice and all kinds of other shit. And, like, 
for you people to think that they're not doing it. Like the guys that do get popped are just they're doing something dumb and making them real unlucky. Like I remember when Sean Shirk got got popped, the Muscle Shark was his nickname up until that point, and then he. I guess he wanted to actually follow the rules, and he came back for his next fight skinny as fuck and got the shit beat out of him. Mm. And that's, like, when people are like, oh, like, performance-enhancing drugs, like, they don't make you better at, like, certain sports. Like, they're not going to make you swing a baseball bat, like, better. Like, they're not going to change Barry Bonds' hand-eye coordination make him fucking hit. Maybe he'll hit a little bit farther. But let me tell you something. If you're juiced up and your job is to battle another man in the ring. And he's not, you're going to win. Yeah, you're going to win. <laughs> you're going to win, boy. Uh, he was undefeated up until that point. Get that trend in your blood flow. <laughs> Start <laughs> That's why I think it's funny when dudes are like, oh, all you guys, all you bodybuilders can't fight anyway. It's like, motherfucker, let's let's go and, and try it out. When I, you start punching my head and I don't feel any pain. And every gonna, time I hit you feels like a Mack truck. Yeah, you're going you're gonna <laughs> to question your thoughts on that. So that's, that's my UFC predictions. All right, so we'll keep it moving right along here. Says, hey, thank you for offering the service of answering any questions I may have on bodybuilding. There were a few questions I would like to get answered to progress, to progress of my fitness journey. Number one is, I currently do an ab circuit for 15 to 20 minutes every second day, a few hours before my workout. How consistent should I be training abs, and how long should these sessions be? Very fucking intense, Jesus. That's a lot. Every second day, so every other day, right? Right. I mean, that's more than enough. I mean, <laughs> that sounds pretty. I I don't even train abs until I'm uh, pre-contest. And when I'm, like, four to six weeks out from a show, I'll basically start, like, three times a week. I'll pick three exercises, and I'll do giant sets, and I'll just fly through it in a matter of, like, ten minutes. Yeah. Number two is when cutting, is there a certain maximum deficit you would recommend? Maximum deficit for calories? I would assume. I mean, you'd have to know your basal metabolic rate. This could be a whole long discussion that I don't want to talk about right now. Um, is there a maximum yeah, I mean, like, I don't like throw out. You don't want to eat less than a thousand calories if you want to know something like that. It's just depending on how heavy you are, what your body fat is. There's too many variables for me to answer that question. Every person's different, and there is definitely a point of deficit that is too much for every individual. It's up to you and your coach to decide what that yeah, is for your metabolism. Like, right now, like Dane is like suffering bad, and he's eating a good amount of food, and so like his body Sam, just needs more. You know, Sammy was like giving him a hard time. And he was like, I ate this when I was dieting. But I was like, Dane, don't listen to him. He competes at 150 pounds. Yeah. He's not going to eat the amount of food that you eat. He can't. It's just not possible. Yeah. I'm like, so you're suffering in the way that you're suffering and the way that you're feeling is is how you're feeling at those levels of calories and macronutrients. And it's going to be different for everyone. There's too, just too many variables to just give it a blanket answer like that. Right. So uh, third question is, what supplements would you recommend when cutting to preserve muscle mass? I hope you're able to get time to answer my questions. It would be much appreciated. Thank you, Vincent Nugent. Number one best product to preserve muscle mass from Blackstone Labs is Recomp. Fucking outstanding product. I was dieting. I was getting leaner the entire time, not losing weight. So so weird. If you want to know about all the anabolic stuff that you can be using that's that's not able to be purchased at Blackstone Labs, Anavar is very, very good. Winstraw will help you as well. And um, there's a number of other things that you can answer that correctly with, but next one, just stick to the recomp. <laughs> stick to that recomp, boy. Is there a way to get rid of gyno without surgery? Because I can't afford the surgery. Mm. If there's a hard bump behind your nipple, no. If it's just watery and puffy and and fat, you can start taking something like um, Arimidex or Femara or Aromasin and take it very aggressively and see if it wipes it out all the way. But you're gonna probably have to stay on it. And you're probably going to have to get off the shit that you're taking, too. So if there's a hard bump there that's developed, the glands developed, you got to get surgery. 
All right, next one is from Lewis. He says, hey, PJ, I have two questions. Thanks in advance. My question is about starting a career as a personal trainer, both online and in person. I don't have any professional experience training clients. However, I have been seriously bodybuilding for four years and I'm 22 years old. I've also had two really solid coaches who are 212 pros out of, the, out of World's Gym in San Diego who I've learned a ton from. My question is, how do I go about getting started? Because it seems like you need an Instagram following to do anything these days, and I don't have a big one. So obviously I know I need to focus on that as well. I feel like I really do have a lot, of, a lot to offer clients, but I don't know how to display it. I've wanted to compete and could realistically do well. I feel like that would at least put me on the map to give me some credibility. I'm not trying to compete for a living though. My goal is to train clients in person with some online clients and build my reputation around that, not some online coach who takes on way too many clients to possibly give personalized plans. How open should I be with PED use with clients? I do have a solid understanding and use really responsible doses from usually farm grade gear I get prescribed. My next question is, I listen to Andy Frisella a lot and he's, he talks about companies having sales and how that devalues your company because people will just wait till the sale happens to buy. I do agree with that. And you guys do seem to have a lot. What's your perspective on having sales and what does it do to your brand image? Thank you, Lewis. All right. So let's start from the top and just break this down piece by piece because there's a lot of questions in here. So I think it just really comes down to two. And it's uh, how open should I be with PED use with clients? I think you need to be as, as open and as honest as possible and, and show them who you are what you're doing to look like how you're doing. Now, you also have to let them know, like, you are not a doctor. You can probably set them up with your doctor. And you're not supposed to prescribe anything or, or diagnose anybody with conditions that would make them have to take anything pharmaceutical. That, that's a decision that they need to make on your own, and you, you should be clear on that because you can't go around just telling everybody to take steroids. Um, that being said, you shouldn't be, you don't want to be faking jacks as LL Cool J would say. Don't try to be something that you're not and try to be like, I'm natural when you're taking gear. Everybody's natty. All your computers, you you, know, no one likes that. No one respects that. So that's why I'm very, very open with what I do. And I've been told numerous times to be very careful with what I say. However, I'm trying to help people not screw themselves up, which is why I'm as open as I am about these steroids. And, um, I, I do think that you're going to, number one, you're going to get more respect and you're going to get more people believing you. But number two, you're going to just get more clients anyway because everyone wants to know about that stuff. There's going to be people that want to know about it that aren't going to do it. They're just curious. And then there's going to be people that are going to be like, look, I want to look like you. This is what you're doing. Teach me how to do it the right way. And again, you're not supposed to prescribe anything to anybody, but you can offer them knowledge, especially from personal experience. And I think that that's the best way to handle that. And the other question was, what's your perspective on having sales and what does it do to your brand? Yeah, so Andy, um, although a lot of what he says is absolutely ridiculous, um, and a, a lot of it is an act, uh, he's very, very, very brilliant marketing machine. And he is absolutely right. Uh, to have numbers, uh, numbers of big sales like that absolutely devalue your band, brand. So when me and Aaron split up, one of the big things that I shut down is Aaron every month did an end of the month sale. Every month. It was end of the month sale. Buy everything from Blackstone Labs. 30% off. And me and him would fight so bad about that. Because I'm like, bro, everyone knows that we do these end of the month sales every month. And no one orders until the end of the month. We have these shitty ass months that come down to do or die at the end. And then we're like, oh, thank God we just made you know $200,000, $300,000 in the past 48 hours. And then nobody buys anything again. And, you know, you've trained people to be prepared for that. I'm like, you can't do that. I'm like, you don't see Porsche isn't going to be like, hey, we're running an end of the month sale this this month on all the 911s. You know, like when you've got something that's got a high value, you keep that shit there and people are going to buy it no matter what. So we got rid of the end of the month sales. What we do offer 
and this is much, much different, is we offer athlete discount code flash sales. And we do like four different sales with the athletes a month. Now, here's the thing. That is not devaluing our brand. What that's actually doing is putting value on the athletes. And it's a great gauge to see how important they really are, what how important your ambassadors are. When you run a, hey, we're gonna do tomorrow a 30% off athlete flash sale, use your athlete's favorite code. Well, there's a lot of people that are following that athlete. They're gonna see it and be like, oh shit, you know, I love Queen Reem and she's got 30% off with her code tomorrow on Box and Labs. Like, I'm gonna buy the stuff that she says to take. And for a company that that's where you're going to really see your value, you know, in your in your people, because you're, you're hoping that these people, when they put something out like that, are going to drive a lot of attention to you. And if they're not, that says a lot about them and their following not being as organically strong as you want. So that's a much, much different kind of sale than just a like random sale for the sake of having a sale. All right. Next one says, hello, PJ. The question is, while taking a low dose of trend a 50 milligrams every other day. How much test milligram and which test should you stack with it weekly and daily and how often? Is there a recommended PCT or estro blocker to take during and after? Thank you. I always like Sipinate the most. And I think with that dose, you can run anywhere from, you could probably run as low as 200 milligrams a week. Fine. You absolutely want to have the testosterone there though. Like a lot of people are like run trend with no test. It's stupid. You always want to have the test in. Test is best, and test is what your body is producing anyway. So you don't want to take out what your body is producing. Even if it's coming from an exogenous source like that, you still want to always have the testosterone present. So you can go 200 milligrams, you can go 400 milligrams, you can go 600 milligrams. There's not a really wrong answer to that one. It's just a matter of how aggressive you're going to be with your androgen. Um, but you should always base everything around the testosterone. So if you're going to cycle in D-ball, you're going to cycle in Anavar or whatever, you, you always base it around the testosterone no matter what. And uh, Oh, and they, if the question's about the uh, aromatase inhibitors and stuff like that, I, I like Aromidex the most. It works the fastest. It's m maybe not the strongest. You know, aromasin is very, very strong. And if you take aromasin every day for a couple of weeks, it's going to definitely wreck any kind of gyno that you have. Uh, but it's also going to make you feel very tired and crappy and possibly f affect your sex drive and increase your risk of injury. Whereas Aromidex, you can keep in like a milligram every other day and really protect yourself. Um, and then if you're running trend, there's a, a good chance that you'll need to run some caber with it, which I never did when I was competing ever. And then I actually wound up doing some for the first beat PJ. And I was like, damn, caber makes a really big uh, difference. Uh, it also makes you blow a lot of loads, which is something that I think is important to uh, talk about. I actually believe that a lot of people in the porn industry are taking caber for what it does uh, in, the, in that regard. You'll blow bigger volumes of semen, and you'll be able to actually have sex more often, more frequently. I never, ever used that when I was competing. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's very interesting the way it works, but it, it works specifically with products like Tren. Um, DECA. DECA. Yeah, anything, anything that's going to increase your prolactin. Yes, anything that's going to increase your prolactin, which you can actually get bad gyno from. Like I've seen people that are like, dude, I don't understand. I'm, I'm just running DECA or, or I'm running Tren. I'm getting really bad gyno and I'm taking Aromidex every day. Well, that's, that's an aromatase inhibitor that you're taking to block aromatase conversion and you're not doing anything to stop prolactin. And there's things that can convert into progesterone too that can cause gyno. So the caber will help you in that sense with, with the Tren for sure. However, one thing I do want to add to that is I see on Instagram a lot of people talking about absolutely fucking retarded caber doses. Just do your research, people. Like, this is actually a drug that they prescribe for Alzheimer's. Yeah. And taking too much caber is actually very dangerous. What have you seen them taking? Uh, I've seen people talking about, like,
taking three plus milligrams a week Jeez. of caber. You know, I don't know if that I don't know if they're doing that because they're taking so much trend or, or what I it is. But like, you would have to take if that. you if you look online, it says something like anything past like three or like three point five milligrams a week or something is like really bad for your heart and like. Yeah. So I do when I do it, I do between. I've done it. I've only done it three times, and I've messed around with my doses, and I've done between point two five and point five milligrams. Uh, twice a week, so that would be half a milligram to one milligram a week. Yeah, I've done one milligram a week. Before. Yeah, it's it's and in a week. So and and, and I honestly, do it. In, in I think one doses. milligram a week is a little bit much. Honestly, don't know that it was better for me than doing the point two five twice a week. I really think half. the point two five is. I think half a yeah. week is really all you need. You know, you know why I noticed it so much because I jerk off every morning. Right. And so if you're being consistent like that, like I would, I noticed you like, notice volume. Yeah, I'm like, damn, I'm blowing huge ass loads, and I just don't blow big loads. Like I think fill I'll, this I'll, sixteen ounce <laughs> bottle easily. I think a lot of guys that do – there's two things that are going to affect your, your loads considerably. One is whatever juice you're taking, and two is the amount of times that you're actually releasing the fucking semen out. So for me, I no matter what jerk off every morning, and then if I'm having sex on top of that, that's more volume coming out. So, like, when I was doing it every every day, like, you know, like, uh, I'm looking at myself jerking off every day. I know what's coming out. I, would, I was surprised, like, damn, like, there's way more volume. Right. And that's when you – that's how, how you know. Yeah, that's how I always knew that it was working. Next question is from the, the old homie Mike Peskin, and he says, Adrenal Care is a newer product. Can you discuss the actions and benefits? All right, so 345. Okay, I like that. We're flying, flying, baby. So we got, we're, doing, we're, we're doing fast. We got a bunch of guests coming here today, guys, so I'm trying to move as fast as I can. We got Sam Bornstein, little Sam B. Fit. She said she just texted me saying she's coming in at 345, so that's good. We got 20 more minutes before she gets here. We got seven more questions. We got Chandra Bagwell coming in. Let's see what's her today. I think Karen might be here. Yeah. I heard girls' voices out there. Yeah. Just bear with me, guys. I'm just making sure we don't screw the podcast up. Um, all right. So we got seven more questions to go. Yep. And so that means we did, if I'm correct, we've done seven already, right? Uh, something like that. Because I believe there was three questions yesterday, and we got 11 more today, I think. Let's see. Six. Six. Okay. Not bad. Um, we're, we're moving. So we're basically halfway done. I did put some of the longer ones towards the end. I try to get the speed ones out fast. All right. Um, real quick. Uh, what's your opinion? All right. So let's 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 bust these out. What's the next one? The uh, can you please explain the actions adrenal, of adrenal care. care? Okay. So I'm gonna give you the important bullet points on adrenal care. If you are, there's two ways that this product will really help you. Way number one, are you just using a lot of stimulants? Are you taking pre-workouts every day? Are you taking fat burners? Are you drinking a lot of coffee or drinking monsters? If you're taking a lot of stimulants, there's a good chance that you have adrenal fatigue in some way. It doesn't mean you have an adrenal shutdown, but you probably have adrenal fatigue where these things are not working as good as they used to. So you can take this product actually with them and cycle yourself down off of them and um, – You'll, you'll respond a lot better, a lot faster. Now, you can also just cold turkey stop taking that shit, which is going to be rough. But if you're taking the adrenal care, you'll bounce back very fast. You'll bounce back within a month. Now, the other way to do it, and which is why I actually take this every day, I take double the dose twice a day, and I'll explain why. When you're very stressed, which I fucking am, that's for damn sure, and you've got a high amount of stress in your life, it does a number on your cortisol levels and the stress hormones that your adrenals control they, they kind of get like haywire. And so because of that, you'll get softer, you'll get 
uh, more water retention. You won't sleep as good. There's all these negative things that come from that. And so I take the adrenal care to try to get rid of all that stuff. And it does actually make a big difference. I've actually been staying leaner because of it. So if you're in a high stress situation, it will absolutely help combat those stress hormones. And that's a reason why I think that like everyone can benefit from adrenal care, not just people that are like, oh, I take a lot of stims. All right. <clears throat> Next question also comes from homie Mike. He says, can you discuss the proper way to reverse diet currently in week eight of a 15 week diet and want to have a good plan to reverse out? Started at 238, currently at 216. Goal is to level out at 200 to 205. Respectfully, Mike Peskin. So this is something I think is extremely important. And I, there's so many right ways to do this. And there's also so many wrong ways to do this. So it's hard because I don't know enough variables about the individual. Although I do know Mike Peskin. I could ask him. But here's like a general rule of thumb. If you've spent 10 weeks dieting down, the goal is to get to where you were 10 weeks ago. Where you were when you started, whatever you were eating, the goal is to get back to that the most efficient way possible. And realistically, if you want just a general rule of thumb, if you did it slow and steady over 10 weeks back the other way, you'd probably reverse yourself back up to where you were when you started and stay leaner. So what I always did was I actually worked, no matter who signed up with me, I had them no matter what, and it wasn't because I was trying to get more money, I had them commit to doing six weeks post-show no matter what. Because in those six weeks, I knew that I could get them on the right path to not screw themselves up and, and reverse diet their way out. And then after those six weeks, I was like, you're, you're through the worst of it. So I'm like, look, just continue with the same protocol that we were doing and, and, and just go from there. You'll figure out what to do after six weeks of, of slowly reverse dieting. So um, let's just say we started out with 250 um, grams of, of carbs, 100 grams of, of fat, and I don't know, let's say 150 grams of protein. What you're going to want to do is slowly get yourself back up to those numbers. So if the protein's already there, you don't even need to increase it. You've already got your protein requirements met. If your fat has gotten down to half of that, well, over the next six weeks or so, you're going to slowly increase the fat, slow and steady, each week to, until you get back up to that point again. You don't want to do it all in one shot. You want to keep slowly introducing it. You'll do the same thing with carbs. Just slowly introduce it so that your body keeps you know, adjusting and acclimating to what you're doing rather than just saying, hey, here's everything I was eating before and, and throw your system off. And I can answer that way more in depth, but I feel like I could do a whole uh, friggin' show on that. So just use that general guideline I said, and you'll be okay. We may have to do a whole friggin' show on that. We could because, honestly, when I was coaching, one of the things that I spent a lot of my time doing was fixing girls that fucked up their metabolisms. Sorry for my language. And, and, and fixing shit that, like, Kim Odo. Fuck him, by the way. <laughs> I hope somebody takes that sound bite. I think that he is a bad coach. And he's what he does with a lot of these girls is dangerous. Come at me, Kim. Um, so a lot of these girls would tell me that he wouldn't even freaking coach them after the show. So it's like, dude, a lot of these girls, it's very simple to figure out why they crash so bad. It's like, yo, you went from doing two hours of cardio and taking T3 and taking Nolvidex and doing all this and training every day to cutting out your cardio, taking a week off to eat and be fat. Eating cheesecake. Yeah, like, what do you think is going to freaking happen? You can't do that. I can do that. You can't do that. You can't, like, run your gas in, in your car at super high acting fuel on a fucking racetrack every day and then all of a sudden be like, yo, we're going to put lawnmower fluid in there and just run that shit hard and see what happens. You know, like, it's just not going to work out. Your car's going to break. What's going to happen is it ain't going to start. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and that's why you're doing that to your body, man. So like i said we probably should do a whole show on this yeah those guidelines though are, are good guidelines 
All right, next question says, let's try again. Can you elaborate on the time Aaron Singerman did his show and almost killed himself by drinking alcohol after the show and spending a few days in the hospital with his electrolytes all messed up? Um. All right, so what he did was, and just I'm going to answer this, but I, I want to read this text from one of the girls first. I ran an Aaron with my center. I miss both of I can get home. What do you think is the better option? Because I don't, I can't stay here all night, and neither can you. If she Ubers here, I can give her a ride. Uber, you're right. Yeah. Uber. Yeah. Uber's the way to go. <clears throat> so next one's easy. Oh, one after that is ungodly long. One after that's pretty easy. All right, we're not we're not in bad shape. We're not in bad shape. We could be out of here in the next couple of minutes. Featuring the victory favors the prepared tea on the TV right now. I don't think we still have any of the red ones in stock. I'm not sure. I like how in the pictures that you gave me, there's a different image in the background of each one. I didn't even try to do that. You didn't? Nope. I thought that was great. That's why I used all three of them in my little hose. Nope, didn't even Because I like that there's a different one in the background each time. Bing, bang, bow. Um, that's one of them right there. All right, so. Next question. Or right, what? Oh, no, you knew uh, Aaron Sigerman almost killing himself. Low electrolytes. Showtime. Um, all right, so this is what Aaron did. He did a bunch of diazide, which is pretty common for guys to do diazide. I believe he did Palumbo's protocol, which is basically like a half of a diazide, like four times. Um, but then he went out and tried to get hammered after the show. I mean, you are so friggin' dehydrated and your electrolytes are so fucked up. Why would you add something in that's going to dehydrate you way, way, way worse? So I don't remember what he was drinking. He used to drink vodka all the time, but he tried to say that he was allergic. He actually even lied to me on this one. And I was his best friend that he was allergic to diazide. He didn't realize it, that he had an allergy to diazide. He was allergic to diazide, and that's why he had such a bad reaction that put him in the hospital. And then the funny thing is there's pictures of him drinking beers. <laughs> that's the funniest thing about it. It's like, oh, you're not allergic, I was allergic to, to diazide. beers that you had. And, you know, I mean. A so, blue moon is okay. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, those pictures are out there still. So moral of the story is, I mean, I don't know how much you want me to actually talk on this where it even matters. It's just like, hey, don't also drink alcohol. When you're right freaking severely dehydrated and taking de <laughs> and taking things to dehydrate you more after a fucking show. Yeah, if you're gonna if you already look like a skeleton and then you go out and take things that kill people that look healthy, you're probably gonna die. It's like, dude, <laughs> that kid has changed so much over the years. Like he used to be like in many ways like borderline retarded, and that's just something that like who the fuck does that, right? Like yeah. even if you're somebody that parties a lot. You're going to know in your head, you know what, man? I'm just not going to party after my I'm show. Pump the brakes yeah, I'm going to pump the brakes a lot. Yeah. Because you're going to feel like fucking shit after the show. You're tired. The main thing that you're going to need is food. You're going to get your food in your body, and then you're going to probably want to sleep because you're not used to eating that food. Day after my show, the, the next day was Sunday. I went to Sunfest. Walked around in the sun drinking alcohol. After, like, one drink, I was hammered. My friends mm -hmm. were like, you want more drinks? I'm like, no, I'm going to die if I have another drink. <laughs> Did the same thing. I went to – I did USA's. And I stayed at the Hard Rock Hotel, and the next day I did the pool party. Of course. And I had a few drinks, and I was, like, fucking banged up, man. You get wasted so fast. And the like sun, that. too. Yeah. Like, you know, that's what the same thing Aaron did. He was, like, out in the sun and shit. Next question comes from Legion member Slouched from Slouch to Fit. Slouch to Fit. 
He says, is too much cardio bad? What splits are the most beneficial to the body? Thanks, Chris. Anything in too much is bad. So, I mean, whatever your goal is. Too much are, water will drown you. Yeah, like, you, that is true. So, you know, like, <laughs> there are there are actually people that have died from water. There's a lot of people, this is crazy, that will do, like, uh, molly or, like, bootleg molly. And they actually think that they die from, from the molly. But what actually happens, there's people that have, that have died, is that they're out dancing and shit. And they're just hammering down water and they wind up drinking so much fucking water that you actually throw your electrolyte balance off and, and your heart can stop huh. and um, it's not you're not taking Molly and just dying from that although you can absolutely die from taking drugs of course that's actually what typically happened to those, those type of people they're fucking dancing all night and they're, they're essentially drowning themselves in water which is crazy so and then what's, what splits are the most beneficial to the body uh, so, so I like to do Two splits a day. So I don't like to do more than 45 minutes in the session, although you can do an hour if you're doing low intensity. I like one low intensity session and one hit session. The low intensity session is what I usually do on an empty stomach fasted. Get up, boom, I'm going to do like 45 minutes, maybe an hour of just steady state on a treadmill. And then the hit session I like to do typically post-workout. <laughs> this, is, this one's great. This one comes from Fluff Daddy. <laughs> says, my lord PJ, I'm on TRT, 200 milligrams test sip a week. Uh, 250 IU HCG three times a week, 0.5 Arimidex every day because EOD wasn't enough to combat my estrogen conversion. About 45 weeks ago, I began noticing constant acne on my shoulders. They're not all juicy poppers, just small bumps. <laughs> About three weeks ago, I started peeing blood and blood clots at the end of urination. Some, some small like the tip of a ballpoint pen and some large like the end of an expo dry erase marker. It hurt to push them out. A normal person would have immediately gone to the emergency room, but since I don't have insurance and I'm too cheap to pay hospital bills, that was out of the question. I basically rested for a few days, and it ran its course and went away. My question is, I've been researching the acne in blood in the urine and traced it back to possibly being DHT-related. Elevated DHT causes uh, benign prosthetic hyperplasia, a.k.a. enlarged or swollen prostate, which causes UTI or inflamed prostate, which causes blood in my urine. Aye, aye, aye. The elevated DHT would also explain my constant shoulder acne. My thought is that because my E2 came back on at 60, almost 60 on 0.5 Arimidex every other day, that most of the test I'm shooting is converting to DHT and estrogen. I'm, wa I'm waiting on blood work results to see what my free test is to confirm my, hypo my hypothesis. In the event that I am right, what would you recommend to combat the DHT conversion? P.S. Thankfully, I still have all of my hair. Also, if it pleases the crown, I might get a copy of the women's weight loss plan from the beat PJ for my girlfriend. I've had really good success with the men's diet so far, and that got her interested in shaping up as well. Thank you in advance, my lord. Fluff. Um, Holy shit, first off. Yeah, like, I'm. you you just laid me out on that one. Jesus. Pee and blood. I don't even know what to say other than I feel like he knows the answers to this question. <laughs> but what is the main question here? Because my brain hurts in that one. Um... Waiting on blood work results to see what my free test is to confirm my hypothesis. Yeah, I mean, your hypothesis sounds accurate to me, but you're going to have to get the blood work. I was thinking that as he was going along. Your, your, your hypothesis seems right, but you don't know until you get blood work. What, so in the event that it is right, what would you recommend to combat DHT conversion? Um, salt palmetto will actually help quite a bit, believe it or not. Um, is salt palmetto going to be enough to help this dude? If, he is, if DHT conversion is really throwing his body off like this, like yeah. – is Saul Palmetto even going to put a dent in that? Fucking no, I mean medically they're going to have to do something for you. Yeah, I would think like your doctor would be able yeah. to tell you, man. Like there, there are definitely things that you can do. Um, they're probably going to put you on Propecia, Finasteride, right, right? And that's going to make you lose your hair. Yes. <laughs> so that's your that's your option with with DHT conversion is is the Finasteride. So outside of that, you, you know you're gonna 
So, dude, you got to take care of yourself. You can't be pissing blood and not going to the none, ER, man. That is scary shit. I mean, dude. fucking dude. Hospital Let me tell you bills something. I've, bills. I've always been, no matter, I've been crazy in my life and I've done crazy ass shit, but I've always been super cautious when anything weird would happen to my body. Yeah, you know. And there was one time I had a little bit of blood in my semen, not my urine. Ugh. And that actually is fairly Ugh. common. It was weird. It freaked me the fuck out. It's actually Ugh. fairly common. I remember being like, oh my God. Oh, man. I'm this is it. It's going to fall off. Let me jerk off again and see if it happens a second time. Here it goes. And it turns out that that can actually happen just from damaging some blood cells. Um, I damage the brain cells in my head all the time. (laughs) Um, No, man, but like I'll never forget when I was a kid one time, my dad had 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 an extensive car collection, and he kept his his Mustang that he loved in the garage very much, right right where he would tell me to park the dirt bike. And one time he was like, if that dirt bike ever falls and it's going to touch the paint on my Mustang, you throw yourself in front of it because you are going to heal, but my Mustang will not. <laughs> Dude, a little temp silence right there. Wow. And then message, uh, Wowzers. And message my dad. It's my dad's boy. It's, he's killing it. Um, but yeah, so don't, don't be like my dad. Take yourself, take care of yourself, man. Like, you know, hospital was a hospital bills. If you're, you're bleeding from your dick. For real. Serious. Yeah. Go to the you goddamn, know, go, go get some help, mouth. man. So the next one says, if you were to create BSL from the ground up today, what would you do differently? If anything? Um, I mean, I don't know that I would do anything differently. Um, I probably would have kept the SARMs going and stayed the course with that. I would have fought the lawsuit that I had and I would have won because Iron Mag Labs won. And they were able to sell SARMs a lot longer than me. And I missed out on a lot of money with that. But outside of that, I'm pretty happy about everything that I've done in this industry. Um, And I like to think I'm pretty cutting edge. And I've done things a lot faster than a lot of other people. So, I don't know. I I have a pretty awesome life. And although it's been extremely frustrating to be the president of Blackstone Labs since the FDA raid, I make considerably less money. Um, And there's potential, of course, for me to, like, go to jail over that stuff. I don't believe that I will because I know that I didn't do anything wrong. Um, I don't think that I would not do any of the products that I did. You know, everything that I did was always compliant. I would say, if anything, maybe you would pick your partners differently. But in the end, in the long run, still, you know, everything happened the way it did. And, and, you know, it is the way it is now because it went that way at that time. Yep. All right. Next question says, what is going on, Lord Braun and Josh? I wanted to know what new subs are coming out. I know you mentioned something about Equalizer and an IGF-1 supplement coming out. I just wanted to know about anything, know more about anything new. I know it's kind of a shitty question because it could still be a year or two, but being Blackstone for life, it'll give me something to look forward to. Also, what are your positions on using a weightlifting belt for squats and deadlifts? I used to use one a long time ago, but stopped. I could always lift heavier with it on, but is it okay to sacrifice core strength for numbers? Thank you so Good much, question. Blackstone Labs and PJ Braun Labs. Loyalty is everything, Fuck Benny. Yeah, thank you. Um, good questions. The belt one, I'm very, very, very adamant about this. I do not think that you should use a belt for anything unless you're doing something that you cannot do five times. If you're at that high risk of like, I don't even know if I can do this four or five times, that's, that means you're using a weight that could really send your body in the wrong direction. So if you're squatting with something that you have on your back and to yourself, you're like, man, I don't know if I can actually stand back up after like three or four reps with this. By all means, put on a belt because you could go down. Same thing with the deadlift. If you're going to be picking something up that you don't know that you're going to be able to pick up three or four times and you're bending over to pick that shit up, yes, put on a belt. For everything else, do not wear a belt because you absolutely will sacrifice your core strength. And one thing that I found is that I believe that wearing no belt is actually part of the reason why I have no distension in my stomach and why my stomach stayed flat and tight because you train your core to have 
the right um, what's the word that I want to use? You train your core to be like taut and tight and, and pulled in when you don't use a belt. When you use a belt, you you slouch into it, you breathe heavy into it, and you train those muscles to just relax out on the on the belt. And um, it's just a thing where psychologically, if you have a belt on, you're gonna slouch your stomach into it. That's just the way it is. If you don't have a belt on, you're gonna be way more aware of your breathing. And this is gonna work like the rectus abdominis and the little muscles on the inside, your transverse abdominis, the muscles that are almost like a girdle on the inside holding you in. You're only gonna work those numbers, or those numbers, you're almost only gonna work those muscles by hitting the right numbers of breathing on reps without a belt if you're just slouching into a belt you're never gonna even work those muscles right away so basically i think the best thing you could do would be like you know for the the honing your skill and actually going through your your working sets you should not use it but if you're gonna do like a nasty grinder yep. set that you want to get exactly. your numbers up for mm -hmm. you know have a belt in your bag for like the last set of a fucking exercise mm -hmm. or something like that that's how you do it perfectly and you don't need a belt guys to do like bicep curls and shit like that like Anything that you need doing, a belt to do bicep curls or gloves, just leave. Yeah, I mean, I've seen guys curling like heavy, like 135, even 185 in the gym. Now, now, when I was on prep, there was a lot of times where I felt like wearing the belt throughout specific workouts helped kept keep my stomach, you and know, tight, there, almost like a, a trainer. Yeah, there's a lot of people that actually believe that, and, and there is theory behind it. But my whole thing is that belt is only keeping your lower abdomen pulled in. And that if you wanted to really focus on keeping everything pulled in, those those like waist trainers are better for you because they're cinching your entire waist up. Right. So. All right. We're going down to the last question. Really? Which comes from Woo! none other than. We're, we're, we're honestly, we're pretty close to where I wanted to be. This is a gal, man. How I'm pretty have? peace. I put his last because I know his is going to fucking be long. Excuse my language. This is a gal, man. <laughs> Says hi, brother PJ and Coach Josh. He wants to have a phone call. <laughs> he says this is your favorite person in the world. <laughs> Father PJ, you recently went to Mexico, if I'm not mistaken. Fabian had a similar position that he now has in Blackstone, but in a, in a different company. I've seen he who shall not be named go to India Expos. My question is, why? USA middle class is rich upper class in comparison to many of these developing countries, and your products are worth more than every cent, but expensive to said middle class. Why not focus on Canada, Europe, and Don Onda? I think there are, are one or two supplement companies whose USA sales represent only a fraction of their sales. But could that be a sign of them now going as far as said market can go? I'm very curious. Being that I'm not in the USA, I see every company in every country wa wanting to get into the USA, with a few exceptions like DHL, which is minuscule there. Why does no one talk about China? Is getting supplements into the second biggest economy too hard? Second question. How many Jack Chinese guys do you know? I mean, I think I've seen like one on IG. Yeah, and go. Jared. But like he's you know, he's American. Yep. But um, second question: Who have you learned business from? Musical artists can say they've learned their trade from Michael Jackson, Elvis, James Brown. Who have you learned your business trade from, and what would you ask them if you could? I learned more from MJ than anyone else in my trade. Thank you. I'm very thankful that you answer our silly questions. Hopefully, girl and man behind girl man persona will have the opportunity to talk to you soon. Lots of love to you. <laughs> um. All right. So let's go down. There's a, a few questions here. So let me figure this out. Um, hold on a minute. Come into the podcast room, but come in very quietly. We're on the last question. Now I'm going to give you guys a little introduction on here. All right. So we got a special guest that I'm trying to pull in here. Father PG, you recently went to Mexico. If I'm not mistaken, Fabian had a similar position that he now has in Black Swan. I was in a different company. I've seen 
Yeah, who else? I don't know. Go to India, I suppose. He's talking about Singerman, obviously. My question is, why? Why are we going to Mexico? Is the question. Because I mean, I I'm trying to go everywhere. The overall question, I think, is why is nobody trying to get into China? Second biggest economy. All right. So, for starters, why am I going to Mexico or any any of his other companies? Is I want to have Blackstone Labs strong in every single country. So that's the plan. That's Fabian's job is is Latin America. My dad's doing a lot with the UK. I found out that I'm going to be going to Thailand. I found out that I'm going to Kuwait. As far as China goes, although it is a monstrous economy, statistically, a lot of them are not working out. And, and taking supplements. And uh, from what I understand, there's a very small amount of supplements being sold out there. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't be there and we don't want to be there because we do. It just hasn't been something that we've been able to crack into or has been presented to us yet. These these com- com- countries in Latin America, they're like ridiculously into bodybuilding. I mean, if you look at the video that, that um, MD Latino put up of that show, I mean, if any of you guys haven't looked at it, look at the show and the, and the caliber of, of bodybuilder and, and, and classic bodybuilder that was at the show. Those guys were amazing. I mean, it was truly, truly tough for the judges to pick the pro card. I, I picked the pro card guy out um, in weigh-ins. The dude was a freak show. He's going to be a really good 212 pro, like, right away. Um, and uh, there was all these other great athletes there as well. I mean, it's just a booming market, and they're using supplements. So... That's part of the reason why we're focused there first. Um, I'm going to pull over real quick. I have a special guest, and, and I'm only bringing her in to, to, <laughs> to F with the podcast because I know you guys love her so much. Coach K is here. What's up, everybody? I'm feeling this pink shirt, PJ. Thank you. I wore this because I knew I wore, I wore this because I knew that the ladies were going to be in here today. Talk into the microphone. Are we evaluating you today? I actually had that one on today and decided against it, and I'm really happy I did. I can't really see. I mean, I look pretty good in did pink. Did you have this one on today? Yeah, I did. I had it on and took it off. Wow. I want to see the twinning effect. You should have you It, it would have been. Why don't you guys coordinate? Well, we, do, we coordinate, but we just do no clothes when we coordinate. Right. Oh. Yeah, it's always birthday suits. We had suits. a little, little – we were swimming in the pool together the other night. Birthday suit Sundays. Yep. Birthday suit Sundays. Yes. <laughs> so am I, am, I, um, am I looking at you today? No. All right. Fourth was great. Yo, by the way, how come you've been holding out on this friend that I've been seeing in the pictures? Which one? I have a feeling. Uh, I'm sure she knows that, that I've been looking at her. Liked about 30 of her fucking pictures the other night. Really? Yeah, the dark-haired one. Oh, I knew. I knew. You were she is, like, that. right in my wheelhouse. She actually looks like one of my ex-girlfriends. Wheelhouse. I knew. Like, I was like, you know what? You would, you would dig that. But, <laughs> you know, I knew you would dig that. You know, I just, I don't know, like, how high maintenance you like to go. Uh, That's the thing, Kate. We had a funny little high maintenance thing at the house the other day. Did you? Actually, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about this on the on Mighty the air, high. Mighty high. It was a funny story. I'll like high you. as a crackhead. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you. You're going you're gonna to laugh. We'll take it off the radio. Um, you're having a good hair day, too. Me? You're just on point. Thank you. Every day is a good I hair had day. no hair, gel in my hair yesterday, and all the girls liked it better. With no gel? Yeah, it's the most interesting thing. You you might have seen me with no gel before. I was going to tell you the poo. I, I've told you before the poof look is good. Yeah, like like... All the girls are like, oh, my God, you look so cute with your hair like that. This is what they were saying. They are like, you look softer. Yeah, well, when it's fluffed out, you look more luscious. That's what it is. Okay. Yep. It's, my hair gr- sticks stayed up when there's, when there's no gel in it. The whole thing poofs up. Uh, I'll have to show you. I have, I have some videos on yeah, my phone. Yeah, make sure you watch. All right, so the last – so I answered the first part of the, of the question. Um, we're going global. Going global, so that's why we're doing that. Uh, obviously, we would like to be in China. So that's why we're doing and that. And the second question is, who have you learned business from <laughs> – 
Well, it certainly wasn't Michael Jackson like you. Um, who have I learned business from? To be honest, I've figured a lot out on my own. I have my own philosophies and, and, and reasonings behind things that I do. Um, also was a business major in college before I switched to exercise physiology, and I, I did pay attention in school. So this might sound really, really silly, but I've figured out a lot of the things that I want to figure out about like sales and business and marketing from some of the movies that I really enjoyed, like um, Boiler Room, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, which I made everybody watch the other day, Wolf of Wall Street. Like I've pulled parts out of a lot of these movies that made a lot of sense to me. And I've utilized them in my own way in, in the business world. Now, another thing is my grandpa was, he wasn't like a specific business owner. My grandpa worked for Hughes and he worked for NASA. He, he actually helped design the Hubble Space Telescope. He's been on Yahoo News. He was a manager of a large team of about 30 people, different engineers. And one of the things that my grandpa taught me that I always use in business to this day is my grandpa would tell me that he has guys that will at four o'clock in the morning leave their house to go do something for him no matter what because he always made them feel that they were extremely important he made them feel like fit family and he took care of them and it made them want to not let him down and so my grandpa taught me young to always really respect the people that you work with because you're, you're going to be in a better position if they respect you and don't want to let you down versus if they're scared of you and me and aaron singerman we we had a lot of fights over this because I'll, I'll give you a perfect example, actually, was, was David, who's now the vice president of this company. Aaron's position with David and with Thomas, who I love that's no longer here, was we're going to pay them very low salaries, but we're going to incentivize the fuck out of them. And if they were, they're what we want them to be, they're going to bust our ass because they're going to want to hit those incentives so bad. And it's going to be good for them if they hit those incentives. And then we win. There's no risk in it for us. He's like, it's, it's a do or die situation. You perform or you lose. Now, I had already known that David had brought a lot to the fucking table. And I've always said to people that I think that David is a genius. I also thought this is hilarious that Thomas was actually the bigger genius at the time. But Thomas was just completely out of his mind. Evil genius. He, he was an evil genius. <laughs> so I was like, dude, I want these guys no matter what. I think that they're geniuses. They've done so much for us behind the scenes. What I would like to do is offer them really, really good, strong paying positions so they feel so proud of where they're at that, that they, they, they're so appreciative that they don't want to let us down. And we do this as a team, not as tyrants. And Aaron was like, that'll never work. People will take advantage of that. And I was like, I think that you're wrong. And we, we had a lot of battles about it. And the funny thing is David and Thomas actually freaking propositioned us. And they were like, they basically came to us. They did our work for us. And they were like, we would like to leave our, our job and come work for you guys. And so when they did, Aaron made them two offers. One was the offer with the incentive. The other one was the conservative one. Is David around right now? Mm, not sure. Can you see if you can grab David for me? Tell him I'm fucking immediately too, by the way, please. Thank you. I don't remember what he took, to be honest with you. But Aaron used to get mad when I would tell people to take the guarantee. I did it with Gorilla Chemist. He got so fucking mad at me because basically Gorilla Chemist was making like 75 grand or something like that where he was at a good, comfortable job. He probably could have stayed there forever, but he was bored as hell. So Aaron was like, look, you're bored where you're at right now. You come here, I'm going to give you a quarter less salary, but I'm going to give you the chance to make big-ass commission. Now, he then said, if that scares you, I'll pay you the same salary. We'll match what you're doing, but you're not going to make as big a commission. And he was really torn on what to do. I told him, I go, dude, Take the sure thing right now because we don't know what the hell is going to happen with your products. We don't even know if you're going to design something good. I believe in you. I'm like, I'll tell you what. I'll give you a royalty on the stuff that you sell. 
And he wound up going for that. And Aaron was like, what the fuck did you do that for? You screwed up everything. Now we have to pay him more. And I was like, why do you want to, like, put people in that position? You know, we're bringing them on. We're hiring them because we believe in them. So the reason that I brought you in, David. So when I told the story of, like, Aaron and I wanted to hire you and Thomas. And you guys made the job easy for us. But you guys came and and basically presented yourselves to us. And and we were like, wow, that's funny. We, We actually wanted to hire them anyway. So... There was two offers made to you guys. No, I don't have any of that. So you, you can <laughs> hold on. Let me get you in the in the microphone because I have an email. Do you want me to read it? You do. Okay, so this is great. This is quality stuff. How many years ago is this? Four years. This is four years ago. We were sitting in my. Here. We're gonna close the show out with this too. Stats. I fucking love stats. Excuse my language. Um, so. <laughs> the last time I heard somebody talk about stats is when Lewis lost the food eating competition. And he's like, no, no, I played for stats. And we were like, yeah, you lost. That's a, that's, <laughs> those are the stats. You just took an L. <laughs> uh, that, was a good, that was a good memory. I played for the stats. Yeah, remember that you lost this one. <laughs> Write it down in the stat book. <laughs> oh, that was a funny day. They were eating fucking french fries, right? No, I think that was the Taco Bell day. Oh, it was the Taco Bell day. By the way, I think I would have wrecked the Taco Bell day because I can eat a lot of that shit. We can still do that, bro. Uh, I'll do another one. I'm back to eating. Back then was when I was, like, starving myself all the time. So, August 24th, 2014. Uh, August 24th, 2014. Hey, guys. I'm on the beach with the fam, so here's the counter offer. (laughs) I had put in an offer. Okay, so this is typical Aaron Singerman shenanigans. David and Thomas came to us. Sat us down to talk to us. We already wanted to hire them. This is important to know. Like, Aaron was like, do not fucking tell them that we want to hire them. And I was like, but we do. Like, we, we were but, calling them every day. But we do. Asking for fucking help. And I was like, I don't wish that with these guys just worked for us. And they were, I knew that we were, they were, we were their number one people that they were working for. Yep. And then David told me what they were getting paid at Sticky Webs. And I couldn't fucking believe it. So, God, keep on explaining. Excuse my language. That was my mistake, by the way. Was I David's mistake for telling us that because Aaron saw that shit? He was like a great white yeah. shark, and that was the blood yeah, that weakness. But so, so we we were getting paid very low, um, above minimum wage, but laughable wage, right? Um, we would have made more income through Facebook. Yeah, dude, whatever. So I it was our mistake to let you guys know that, but it's just like whatever we did. So when we asked, when you guys were interested, we actually asked to get paid like in the high sixties a year. Mm-hmm which was higher on purpose because I figured you guys would counteroffer. Um, and again, I have no knowledge of you and Aaron as people at this point, really, very little. But Aaron comes back with a counteroffer of 4K a month or 3K a month plus 4% commission on all sales and overtime. So Aaron's original offer was going to be 4K a month, right? Yep. And I thought that was pretty solid. I was like, that's pretty solid. Like, we, di- we didn't know going into it that they were going to either even present us it to us, right? So I had told Aaron... I was like, w- uh, on their initial conversation with us, I was like, let's just give them uh, 5K a month. So that's 60 grand a year. I'm like, let's just do it. Fuck negotiations. I don't want to start out on bad terms with them. I want them to be happy about what they're doing. And then his response to me saying that was this offer of, what is this offer here? On the beach with the fam, which is hilarious, which is probably at the fucking Boca Resort with the other rich people. Uh, which, for the record, I would like to state, I'm sorry if this offends all the people that hang out there. I went there with him one time and said I would never, ever go again. And he said, why? And I said, because I hate hanging out with these rich fucks. And I, by the way, Coach K hung out there for the 4th of July instead of coming to my house, for the record. Um, 
And it's funny because I said to her, have fun with all those rich fucks. We're going to be doing poor people shit at my house. And um, so, so he was probably sitting getting drinks served to him at the Boca Beach Resort when he was when he was doing this with his family, which was basically <clears throat> them. They could be drowning in the water and he wouldn't pay attention. Um, he was busy trying to make his money. And so his offer was 3K a month uh, and 4% commission on, on all sales. Um, this will also include benefits very soon, which we always wanted to give our guys benefits. And then the other one was... Or just 4K a month. Just 4K a month. So how we looked at it, because I knew we weren't going to get in the mid-60s. I was just trying to start high and go low. Did you know what our numbers were at the time? Yes. Because yeah. you saw the back. Well, no, I didn't know your wholesale numbers. But you saw, you knew because you guys saw the website stuff. Correct. So we were at worst going to take 36 a year anyway because that was so much more than we were currently getting paid. We Which is so crazy it. for these guys who are geniuses. Because we were like desperate to get out of there. But uh, when you came back with 48K, my family told me I'd be stupid not to take 48K. But Thomas, and I think he was right, and I would, I would do it again just because me and Thomas really believed in ourselves, even though it was probably a dumb decision. We actually took the commission because we knew we were, because you guys weren't on Amazon really at all. And we knew we could make it explode. Yes. Until that was Thomas's main job that yeah. he never fucking did. Until I got banned like six months later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with it, dude, you guys actually did the right Here's thing. Here's our game plan. So, oh, wait, no, fuck. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, I don't want to be really careful with my words here. Um, you, you can do more. Yes, I don't care if you guys have seen it. But, uh, Aggressive to go with the 36 and be commission because he was probably willing to pay 60k if we were pushed for it. Right? Yeah, so he's like, Well, I got it for half, and I mean, that's sort of what Aaron does. Yeah, so fast forward now, Dave's balling out hard driving an RS7. Sure, well, <laughs> the position has changed considerably since then with Aaron Surryman as the CEO. Which, by the way, I've told this story on the radio before. To be an actual true CEO, there has to be a board of executive officers that you're, like, you know, <laughs> ruling over. That you're a chief of. That you're yeah. a chief of. Um, and there was never anyone. It was just me and Aaron, and, and we would randomly ask people for advice. The reason that he was the CEO and I was the president is because when we went to fill out the paperwork for the LLC, they were like, you guys can't both be owners. Like, one of you can be the president, one of you can be the CEO, but you have to pick different titles. And so he, in the only time pretty much in his life, was like, what do you want to do? Ask me what I want to do first. And I've told this story on the radio, and in fact, somebody actually got this from me from his desk, which I think is really cute. Um, <laughs> I, I visualized myself with like a big, awesome like man desk, a big mahogany, rich desk with my feet up on the desk and the little, what's called a placard that said President was like i visualized it in my head and i was like i want to be the fucking president and he goes fuck i wanted to be the president i'm like why'd you ask me first now i definitely want to be the president that's the so he was ceo by default and didn't even want to be so there was always funny comments from people that, are, that were like well aaron's the ceo and not pj so he must make the decisions like no actually he was just the guy on paperwork that got the default setting and i just wanted the word president because it looks better on the placard yeah that's it. That's a quick aside to the story. When I got the offer, the first thing I did was I emailed it to Zach Catanzaro. <laughs> what did Zach say to do? He he had me go meet with Ira. Yeah, Zach's conservative. Oh, he sent you to the money guy. I'm, I'm using Ira now. Shout out to my current, which, again, hindsight is a big move to non compete with Catanzaro not being able to work in Florida for five years after. <laughs> 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 
I remember that, and I was like, just take that off. That uh, that part was really funny because I didn't know that that was written in there. So Aaron put a non-compete that said they could not work in Florida for five years if they stopped working for us. So the big thing though was the main thing that they were going to make their commission on is a, a huge big deal was Amazon, and we got banned from Amazon for life. So that was going to wreck their commission. And then what? I don't remember what happened after that. You we were it was actually really big turning point of what we wanted to do for the future because he pulled us out of the office randomly and essentially just gave us the other salary. Like right no there was no Did we both do it? Anything. I believe you were both there. I don't remember who initiated the conversation. Yeah. Like I, I don't, but you were the one that was speaking in the office. I remember that. He was probably mad. Um we were sort of shocked because like a deal's a deal and I don't know if it was a deal with him or both of us, the deal was made you guys stepped up and did something you didn't have to do. You guys said the right thing. So well, I uh, I have from day one. This is not to suck my own dick, although I probably would try if I could. I Just get a river moved. I think. Yeah, Ron Jeremy can do that. Mm. It's weird. What though. a guy. It's kind of weird though. You're still sucking a dick. What a guy. Um, that's a whole other episode. So I felt like if you had somebody like that had their heart set on on achieving this goal. And now you've made it impossible for them to do it. That's like very wrong. I feel like that's extremely bad karma. I, I remember telling him that. And um, Aaron was like, his main thing was we have to find much other things for them to do. Um, but we, I actually didn't want to be on Amazon. I fucking hated Amazon. They were causing me so much headaches. And if you remember back then, I was calling people every day trying to get them off of Amazon. And I was trying to figure out how people were getting us on Amazon. And then the main person that was complaining was Steve from Natural, Natural Body. Body. Yep. It was, oh, I can't compete with Amazon. It was b- fucking up his purchase orders. So I had a guy, Matt Rossi, whose job was to find, figure out all this shit. And honestly, every day, I had the Adam Harper debacle. He was screwing us up on Amazon. And then finally, when I found out that we were off Amazon, I was like, I guarantee that our, our web sales are going to go way up from this. And they did. They actually went up a lot, and they never turned back. So, although Amazon is great because people want to buy supplements and a garden hose and a fucking cabinet for their TV in the same day, that's fucking cool. That's great. I like to do shit like that, too. It's, it's very, very difficult when you're a small business owner to, to, to realize, like, damn, there's people that are selling my products for way cheaper than I want to sell them for, and I don't even know how they got them. Because everyone else is looking at that like, well, how is Amazon selling it this cheap? Why don't I get that deal? And that stuff can really hurt you. And um, so us not having to deal with that at all was extremely beneficial. Now, years later, Amazon has kind of changed and evolved into where they can do their own fulfillment now, which David actually met with them about potentially allowing them as long as they sell at our prices to sell on Amazon because there are people that are going to want to buy a toothbrush and deodorant and some Blackstone Labs in the same day and not want that hassle. So there is a, a benefit and reason for us to try to get ourselves on there. And uh, yeah, it's it's much different now. It's it's uh, it, it, believe it or not, as you know, Amazon is I assume the biggest retail <laughs> website that there is. Um, believe it or not, uh, even as much as five or six years ago, which isn't a long time in the grand scheme of things, Amazon was like very primitively run back then. It was like a free for all, and so there's a lot more rules and stuff like that that go into it now. I, I, I honestly, I, I, my, me and Aaron had much different pers- pers- opinions on this as well, is I wanted everybody to only be able to get Blackstone Labs on the website. I never wanted to be more than that. And now I, I know that 
that I was kind of pigeonholing myself. And my whole thing was I'm going to have very limited overhead and I'm going to have very, very high margins. And I'm very cool with making, you know, X amount of dollars, no matter what, for the rest of my life. And I will tell you now, and I will tell any other person that's looking to get into this industry, be very careful for what you wish for, because Aaron wanted to be the biggest company in the world. And now we are considerably bigger than we were back then, and I am making considerably less money. And I'll tell you who taught me about this was uh, the guys that run Ronnie Coleman Nutrition. He was like our third year, we did two million. He's like our fourth year, we did like nine or 10 million. He was like in the year that we did two million, he's like, I made almost a million dollars. He's like, the year that we did almost 10 million, he goes, I made 200,000. And I was like, oh my God, that's terrible. It's a shitty fucking deal. <laughs> and, and, and guess what? Guess who that happened to? Me. So, that's a shitty deal, bud. Yeah. So it's, Sorry. it's I, I'm telling you right now, and this is not to like, act like I you know, don't do good anymore and make anybody think differently than me. But in 2016, I made more than I've made in the past two years in a row by, by, by more than double. And so, you know, the company's done a lot of cool things since then. I don't regret anything. I, I don't, I've been able to give a lot of awesome people jobs and opportunities to, I believe, do this for a long time, which maybe when we were doing it the other way, we wouldn't have been around for a long time. So you have to take all these things into consideration. Okay, well, maybe I'll make a tenth of the money I was, but I'll make it for fucking the next 20 years guaranteed. Of course. <clears throat> so it's, it's much different. But bringing David in, he probably at the time, you know, knowing that you're going to get that commission and, and the potential for what that commission could be, like you don't know if Plaxton Labs is going to be around forever. Right. No, no one knew in the beginning where now, you know, he's on a consistent salary and, and – I know he believes like me, like we're going to be doing this forever. Like we don't do anything that we do now to not be doing it permanently. You know, we, we, we were past the cusp of like, okay, you're the cool brand now and, and you're past that. We're, we're into friggin' year six and going on seven. And so now we're looking at this as like, what are we going to be doing? We're in year 15 and 20. We're all living good life still, you know? Yeah. None of us want to start over at this point. Not that we're old guys, but. And I mean, you know, we also are doing things now that we weren't doing before that is, uh, you know, in the long run investments for the yeah. future. That so, I mean, and there are there are definitely dudes here that are not going to be with us forever. And that's not because they're not doing a good job. It's just there are different points in their life. And this is probably a stepping stone for them. In fact, in fact, I don't know if you've heard, but Gravy Baby put in his two weeks today. <sighs> that changes some things. Better than he got a big he got he got an offer in his field that he's been going to school for. Good for him. He's a good kid. We've had other kids that had other other opportunities too. I mean, Ryan Niski but went and friggin' started his own thing and and um. But he's, he's still going to do demos for us on a weekend because yeah, everybody good. loves that, that. From what cute. I understand, Ryan Niski's doing really good. I've so, so I know people. It's funny. Right now. I yeah. I know I know people from the Cava Bar that are good friends with him. Yeah. And they say that that store is killing it and that he's Dude. actually making more money than he even expected. Every time I've ever gone by there, that place is packed. It's so funny because when he told us that that was his idea, he was really cocky about it too. And in my head, I was like, stupid idea. It's not going to work. Because I don't know shit about that world. <laughs> I was like, stupid idea. Good luck, dude. And uh, You're like your cardboard cards. He was so cocky about it. He was like, I don't need any money anyway. So I'm just following my passion. And one of the things they said was uh, him being here made him want to follow his passion, which is awesome. 
And so he's doing really, really good. So there are certain people here that are going to be that way. But then there's people like my dad, David, you, Eric, where we're like, yo, man, we're trying to fucking do this shit for forever. So we run this shit to the wheels fall. Yeah, for real. So there's a You're going to be looking at this ugly mug on this 4K <laughs> camera at least until 5K comes out and we get a new one. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> We're going to be talking about, like, ARP and stuff on here yeah. eventually. So You know my mashed potatoes today were pretty good. Now nah, we're done now anyway. So thank you, David, for coming in and clarifying. The, the biggest online retailer is actually Jinko Jeans. No way. It's not. Don't fuck. fuck. <laughs> I used to wear Jinko Jeans. They're back. Hey, the fucking champion came back. They're back with a vengeance now. So we will close this out like we do always with you guys. And that's with a peace out. Bye.